Welcome, welcome, and welcome to another exciting edition of The Doghouse. My name is Will, and I am your host of the podcast, the official podcast, for the best fantasy football league in the entire world. It just happens to be a Dynasty League 2. I always got to be careful there that I don't say uh, that it's the best podcast in the entire world because, you know, it isn't. Um, but that being said, I've been listening to other, there's two other dynasty podcasts that I listen to. And I'm actually convinced that when I'm trying, uh, especially when the cat box is involved as well, then it's a no brainer. But even by on my own in the dog house, when trying, I think I'm better than both of those, uh, podcasts in terms of, uh, their just content and delivery and overall production. Uh, so, you know, I remember when this thing started and, um, that's going to be relevant here in a second, but I had no idea if I was even going to be able to like put eight words together in a row, which <laughs> coincidentally I wasn't able to do it very well in that moment, but <laughs> I really wasn't even sure if I was going to be anything that someone would want to listen to. Uh, and, and here we are now, this is the uh, 10th episode of season three and uh, very, very, very excited to be getting back on the doghouse with y'all. And today is not a fireside chat. We have had lots of fireside chats, uh, but we are now exiting the off season. So we need to get back to being scripted. This is this episode has been written. Uh, so it is not going to be as rambly. So, well, that's going to be good. What do we do? One of the first things we do, we do roll call. I got Stella here. I got Duke here. And guess what? Stella has injured her other ACL. Now, we knew when she had the surgery the first time that she had a 50% chance of needing it on the other knee. And since she had just turned three and was super healthy, I was like, oh, there's no chance her other knee is going to make it. So, of course, it didn't. And here we are, and she has torn it. Actually, it was partially torn, and then we were on our way to the vet when I got in that accident. And Stella was in the car, and she got rocked, and she, it, that actually, it's now worse. So it had gotten better in the week and a half since I had taken her to the vet, and then it had gotten worse, uh, and we just happened to be in a pretty decent car accident. And, you know, she wasn't wearing a, a seatbelt, so she got rocked. Uh, so here we are again. This podcast started when I had the idea of doing it, but then she had that surgery, and I was out with the dog in the back house, that's why it's called the dog house for any of those who don't remember. But here we are again. It's going full circle. We're going to have another one of those TPLO surgeries. It was like a six-month rehab last time. Not looking forward to that this time. Uh, also, the cat needs the same ACL surgery. Luckily, hers is the cat version, so it's much smaller. Um, but that's also going to be a pain in the ass rehab. So the animals are falling apart. But here's the thing. So you want a purebred, huh? Here, you pay for personality, but their ligaments suck because they're all inbred. So that part sucks. There are, all three of their, the purebred pets that Hillary got are, their personality is amazing. They're, they're awesome. They're amazing, awesome pets. Uh, you know, they just don't have joints that can actually stay together. So anyway, that is enough about uh, the dog and the cat and the dog house. Let's get into the content of our episode. And of course, we're going to be starting with the episode MVP. Who is it this week? Stay tuned to find out.
In the Season 3, Episode 10, MVP goes to BT. At the time of me writing this segment, there had been two trades since the previous episode. He was involved in both. So congratulations, BT. You're this episode's MVP. That's worth absolutely nothing. Uh, Other than me saying, I'm going to talk about you for a bit. Uh, I'm going to do a little speech here. So... What I really enjoy about BT's presence right now is he seems to be getting involved in as many different types of leagues as he can, uh, and I just I can't wait to hear about the next one. I'm predicting it's going to be a 32-team league, uh, tight end premium auction startup dynasty, uh, two points per reception maybe, maybe 24 starters, 12 offense and 12 defense. Maybe there's a spin-off best ball format for an extra 100 bucks. Oops, you know, that's not a bad idea. We might want to think about doing that as well. Um and BT's gonna BT's showing me uh, all the different ways that you can get involved in fantasy football. And sometimes I just think, well, if BT's in that one, maybe I can get in that one too. Matter of fact, the one I'm thinking of is that one uh, that you got to pay in to get a team, but you use it like a regular general manager. I forget what that one's called. We talked about it on the chat. Uh, BT, I'm going to have you call in for next episode and let us know what you think about that format uh, now that you've been at it for a couple months or whatever. Anyway, so BT made some trades, got the MVP of the episode. Let's talk about those trades in the news. I think I cut myself off on the, <laughs> on the, uh, the end of that MVP segment. I don't even know if I got news all the way in there before... I hit the stop button. You would think that's like a producer in the back who is cutting off the person talking, but no, that's just two parts of my brain not working together. All right, so for the news, I went back. uh, The last episode was about six weeks ago, uh, and so I went back to the pin chat and started from where we uh, left off last, and it looks like Ardub and Wolfit made a bet about if the Bucks are going to repeat with Winner getting to choose if they do a third-round pick swap or not. Uh, Here's their dirty secret. They plan on those picks being the 311 and 312. Crazy bastards. So there's a few of us with something to say about that, uh, but we're going to get into that once we get to the meat and bolts or the nuts and potatoes of this episode. Um, on that chat, BT predicted that Cam Akers would finish ahead of Jonathan Taylor, DeAndre Swift, Najee Harris, and Zeke. It was a hot take, my friend, and I wish we could have found out. Um, but as we all know, Cam went down. He went down for the year. Um, and I got him in a dynasty draft last night in like the 17th round, 16th round, something so crazy that I was like, I, yeah, I like haven't heard of the person I'm going to draft or I could draft Cam Akers and hope that he actually can recover and become something like he was. Uh, we we're all excited about him this year. RIP 2021 Cam Akers. Um, before we get into the two trades, actually going to be three trades, we had a vote on the trade deadline. Long story short, we decided to keep it uh, where it was. This did surprise me because at the end of last year when we were talking about changing it, I thought there was going to be enough votes that we were going to move it up a week or, or you know move it back a week closer to the playoffs, uh, but we did not. So it's still going to be whatever that is, like two weeks and three days between the last a Monday night game of that week and the beginning of the playoffs. So uh, you got to know if you're a buyer or a seller with two weeks out where, you know, you could be, you could win out and, and have enough points for and know you're going to make the playoffs uh, and end up even being a, going for a buyer and lose. It's going to be great. I, I like the idea 
where it's at. We'll we'll see how it plays out again this year. But also, hey, if we don't like it again this year, we can be like, oh yeah, that's right. We talked about it last year that we wanted to switch it. Let's actually do it this time. And then at the end of the year, we'll vote again and we can move it back or whatever we want to do. All right, let's talk about some trades. The first trade was BT buying Brian Edwards. Uh, that would be the wide receiver from Las Vegas for those of you not understanding who that guy is. I wouldn't totally blame you, but yeah, you, you know who he is. Uh, he got him from Wolfit, and Wolfit sent over Needham's 22 second. Uh, the calculator's like Wolfit's side here, but I see BT's thought process. He's got plenty of draft capital to throw around. Uh, there's no clear number one in Vegas at wide receiver since Ruggs disappointed so much last year. Edwards has a lot of upside for costing likely a mid second. Uh, BT doesn't have solid wide receiver depth, but he has a ton of guys with upside. So add Edwards to the list of Deontay Johnson, Michael Gallup, Paris Campbell, Waddle, Myers, Tony, Gage. Um, wait, Myers. Who the hell's Myers? Oh, I mean, oh, God damn. I got to go back and figure out who that is. Um, but yeah, there's so many more, so many guys with upside, but Hey, only one of those guys has to blow up, right? BT. Uh, so I like it. I like it. Uh, and that looks pretty nice and fair to me. I get it. Uh, Wolfit has given up on Edwards apparently, uh, cause he doesn't have much wide receiver depth at all. Uh, but perfect trade where the two managers have a different value for the traded player. I think BT's obviously higher <laughs> on Edwards and Wolfit gave up on him and, um, Wolfit's a former champ. So I'm going to defer to his judgment. Uh, I'll give the nod to Wolfit since the calculator said it wasn't that close exactly, but I think it's closer than the calculators say, and I get what BT is doing here. So another trade, uh, good job both of you. Another trade, again with BT, sending a 22 second, this time it was his, but it's for Devin Singletary, and it's to Austin. We already discussed how he lost Cam Akers, uh, but he wasn't really planning on going for it this year anyway, so I bet he sees something with Singletary. Uh, Singletary sure is part of an impressive offense. Obviously, I'm wedded to that offense in my uh, Allen and Diggs stack. Uh, so that becomes Austin's best pick in 22 now. Uh, as we'll talk about in a little bit, Austin, remember, was a seller and then got so much draft capital then he became a buyer. Uh, both calculators like Austin's side, uh, but just barely, uh, even negligible even. I'll give the slight edge to Austin, but I'm also biased against Singletary. I had, I had Singletary that year in redraft where he was supposed to blow up and he just like really didn't. So now I think he's garbage. Um, but he's not actually garbage. He's a pretty decent player. So I see what BT is doing and don't mind it one bit, but I also see why Austin's going to go ahead and try to get a little bit more draft capital back. Um, anyway, so I thought that was going to be it. I thought we were going to be all done and moving on, but there was another bit of news as a trade happened right before I started recording uh, and after I finished writing the episode. And it looked, the rich get richer as Wyland gets Will Fuller from Needham for rugs. The calculators really like the Will Fuller side. Uh, but I also see the upside for needing, uh, Needham. Uh, giving up on rugs might be premature. Um, and you know, he had one bad year. He wouldn't be the first ever wide receiver ever who sucked his rookie season and then really uh, turned a corner that second year. Uh, this year is going to be very important for rugs. Uh, the other thing with Will Fuller, yes, he's, everyone's really high on Will Fuller right now. He only has one game left on his suspension. He was really, really good last year, but you know, he got suspended for steroids. Uh, and also let's not forget Will Fuller as one of the more lengthy, um, injury histories. So, I mean, it could be this type of thing where even if Ruggs is only mediocre next year, Fuller could be out the whole year. Uh, that being said, 
Fuller is just a much better wide receiver right now uh, than Ruggs. And so uh, Wyland going for his championship is getting uh, some nice wide receiver depth for a little later in the year. Um, but that is the last of our news. So it's time to get into the meat and bolts, the nuts and potatoes. That is right. We have the 2021 preview coming up, team-by-team team breakdown and analysis. But first, a word from our sponsor. Hi, do you live in rural Georgia? Are you from one of them Yankee states? Do you feel like getting stuck on your own dirt road? Do you desire to have your husband looked down upon by all men, all real men, all local men? Do you want your husband to have to come up with a lame ex excuse to explain the vehicle that he showed up in? Well, if the answer is yes, then you want a two-wheel drive truck, my friend. Don't ask your husband about it. Just get it and then explain to him why it makes sense. Give us a call at your two-wheel drive truck, Coastal Georgia version dealership. All right. All right. Uh, let's move on and see uh, what we have next. Oh, that's right. Um, we do need to actually... Oh, wait. No, no. Before... I'm so sorry. Before we get to the meat and potatoes... Up uh, oh, to the meat and bolts. Um, I did. I did want to say thank you. Uh, the commercial reminded me uh, about the two wheel drive. I threw it up on the chat, and you guys gave the quick negative feedback, and it was fantastic because I walked in and was like, "Yeah, that was a resounding and adamant no." And she was like, "Oh, great. That's why we asked. Fine, move on." I was like, oh, awesome. I was afraid she was going to say, now I have to figure it out. Uh, so anyway, I did want to appreciate, uh, with, uh, say thank you to everyone for responding on the chat so quickly and with good, solid info. Uh, but then we also have some more feedback on the topic. And that's right. That means we have a special interview for this episode right now. Well, all fans of the Doghouse know that that music means we have a special interview for this episode. He's not co-hosting tonight, but he is with us live from the cat box. Here is Needham. Needham. Needham, my friend. What exactly are your thoughts on a two-wheel drive truck in Georgia? Well, you can't get a two-wheel drive truck in Georgia. Come on, man. That's like uh, me asking you to dress up in tights, get on all fours, I'm going to mount you from behind, wrap my right arm around your waist, and then dig my chin into your shoulder blade, lovingly, of course. Uh, that probably sounds like a lot of fun to uh, Austin and BT, but for guys like me and you, you know, that doesn't fit in Georgia. Uh, so think about the two-wheel drive truck. Go four-wheel drive uh, and uh, don't look back. And neither should the guy on the ground on all fours dressed in tights having somebody's chin ground into their shoulders while uh, and, and, and whatnot while being mounted. Whew. Well, that was incredibly descriptive. Uh, thank you very much, Needham. I appreciate uh, the advice and the input for the episode as always. And now we are here. It is time. Let's get into the meat and bolts, the nuts and potatoes. It is time for the 2021 preview.
All right, so here's what we're going to do format-wise. We are going to go through every single team. We're going to highlight the team name, the manager, how they finished last year, what draft picks uh, they just used, uh, what draft picks they have going forward. My prediction for the MVP of their team this next coming year. Uh, my prediction for a bust, using the bust you tagline again. Um, and also a sneaky start. So also we're going to do the this MVP bust you sneaky start, just like we do in a regular season or a playoff for that matter, uh, um, recap. Uh, so, and then we're going to, I'm going to end up with, uh, going uh, your chances of winning the whole thing. Uh, so let's go ahead and start with last year's 12th place finisher. That would be team Triceratops, uh, managed by Ben Rose. I will say Ben Rose and I, uh, faced off in the championship for the, uh, insane asylum league last year. And uh, so LOC was was repped well in that league. And actually, um, he and I had also faced off in that league in the championship like in 2015. So uh, Ben Rose and I have a couple of final appearances in that league. But this last year, Ben, while in that championship, he does not get the championship this last year. 12th place. Uh, but he comes back and he traded his first and third for CEH. Uh, so he uh, he bolstered that running back. He needed some he needed some uh, running back youth, and he went and got that from Ceh. Uh, so he only had one pick, and he took Trey Lance at the two hundred four. I really like that pick. Um, that I mean, as the Niners go, obviously, I'm a huge fan uh, of Trey Lance. No one's surprised to hear that. Um, and he, Ben has Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is going to have another two, three years of MVP caliber seasons, probably, um, at least definitely one more of an MVP caliber, uh, caliber year. Um, and then Trey Lance should be ready to rock. Uh, and, and he might, Ben might even have a couple years there where uh, he's streaming between Lance and Rodgers just based on who has the better matchup. If Lance does come on as strong as people, uh, think he might uh, be able to do at least in San Francisco right now. So nice pick uh, going forward. He has all of his own picks. So Ben, you're not trading enough. Uh, and he has all of his own picks and none of others. So I guess we know who's not trading. Uh, ben, we got to get you trading more. Uh, good job, though. You traded draft picks for CEH uh, for this last year. And uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to try to come after some of your draft picks going forward. All right. My prediction for MVP is it's going to be Aaron Rodgers. So, um, you guys, I, I typed out a, a long rant about Aaron Rodgers and how, but basically, I, you know, I just don't like the way he's presenting so entitled. He signed a contract and then he just decides that because they replace, they, they draft someone to replace him, that his feelings are so hurt. He can never play for them again. And, and then he just even proved me right by like saying in his press conference, like they just really don't, they, they basically like aren't giving legends special status. I'm like, Oh man, you get treated like a regular person, almost like you're a regular person, you fucking regular person. Uh, so I do get, he's the MVP, but uh, he's a football player and he has a football contract that he signed. And then, uh, yeah, anyway, so we know my take on Rodgers, but my point being, I got, I went uh, down that rabbit hole, but my point is that now that he's back and it's just for this one year, he's going to try to break every record. He is going to just do whatever the hell he wants. They can call whatever play they want from the side. doesn't matter. He's just going to do whatever he wants. So I think he and Devonte Adams are just going to go freaking crazy. And I think he's just going to sling it around nonstop. And so that's what I think my, the MVP for Rose is going to be, you know, I think, 
uh, it's going to be really easy for a lot of teams for their quarterback to be the MVP. So when, on teams where I say the MVP, that's a quarterback. I'm going to give a non-quarterback MVP as well. And I will go with DK Metcalf. Dude is a specimen. Um, moving on. We all know you don't need to hear why I like DK Metcalf. Everyone knows he's amazing. Um, at least can be. He's cooled off a lot in that second half in Seattle. As that, as that passing game cooled off, but dude is a specimen, so we can just, with our eyes, eyeballs, see that he's he's a different kind of dude. Okay, uh, yeah, I got a huge crush on DK Metcalf. I really wish he wasn't uh, in our division and with the Seahawks. The bust you, I'm going to go with Mike Evans. I think he's going to be too touchdown dependent with uh, Brady spreading it around, but only a bust really when considering that he was Ben's first round pick in the original startup. He was the 111. I don't know if you, uh, who remembers that. And so I think Evans could, look, Evans could end up the year as a top five wide receiver. But with Godwin there um, and Gronk as well and uh, uh, Antonio Brown as well, you know, Tom Brady's just going to throw it to whoever's open. So, and Evans is a, is, is a great red zone threat, uh, but two touchdown dependent and I got to move on because otherwise this is going to be like a four-hour episode. This is going to be a long one, but we don't need it to be like four hours. Uh, the sneaky uh, start, I'm going to say the obvious choice here is going to be Cole Komet, but I'm actually going to go with David Johnson. All right, I know, I know, I know. But I'm not saying he's going to have a career year or be a pro bowler, but I think that Houston is such a dumpster fire that people forget that even the worst teams can produce fantasy-relevant running backs if the volume is there. Things like James Robinson last year. Jaguars were garbage, and Robinson had a phenomenal year. So I think he's the king of the scrubs in Houston in that backfield. Um, and I think that'll translate to serviceable numbers weekly. Uh, and so, yeah, that's gonna he's been my sneaky start. So chances of winning the whole thing. Look, Ben finished third in 2019 in this league. Uh, he played about 500 ball in 2020 and then did, did poorly in the first tournament. I look at his roster and I like Rodgers and CEH and Eckler and Metcalf, Evans and DJ Moore. That's, that's a really good lineup. I also like his depth as I see a few guys that could really level up this year, I think. Um, I do think that Ben bounces back. Um, I don't think he's stuck at 12th, uh, but I still only give him a 4% chance of winning the whole thing. Now, these percentages add up to 100 at the end, so no one get insulted by low numbers. I don't think any – I think the highest percentage chance was given was a, a 17 or an 18. Uh, so I'm going to say Rose, a 4% chance of winning. I think if we played this – simulated this league 25 times, one of them, Rose would win this next year. Uh, but I do like his team. Don't get me wrong. Okay, let's move on. Last play, uh, last year's 11th place finisher uh, is Team Second Amendment, managed by Jason Kelly. Uh, he was a seller last year, and so uh, he ended up, uh, well, you know, as sellers do, you're going to lose some some late games, and so he uh, he did beat Ben in the <laughs> in the in the. Uh, First tournament consolation final or whatever I'm trying to say consolation matchup uh, to to finish 11th. But uh, let's see what Jason did this year. He traded his first for Josh Jacobs. Hey, uh, this guy finished running back eight last year, and everyone's acting like he finished running back 30. Um, I get it. I, I drafted Josh Jacobs in the original startup draft in the third round. 
I had him last year at the, at the beginning of the year before I, the CMC trade. So I do get it, but the guy was the RB8 last year, and they're going to keep giving him the rock. And I know they brought in uh, Kenyon Drake, uh, but or whatever his name is, whoever they brought in from Arizona. Yeah, Kenyon Drake. Um, but I really uh, I do like Josh Jacobs. So basically, he might as, he basically took Jacobs for with his first round pick this year. Uh, and let's see, he had the 206 and the 208. Uh, the Amron Ross St. Brown at the 206, which a lot of people really like his upside. Uh, and Zach Wilson as his quarterback of the future. Uh, he, will go, uh, good, he was good enough for the Jets to take at number two overall. Uh, so nice pickup by Jason at the 208. Uh, he then got uh, Chuba Hubbard at the 303. He's with Carolina, so of course I wish I had him. You guys know how much I love my handcuffs. Um, but looking ahead, okay, holy shit. Wait till you remember his draft capital. Actually, I'll get to that later. Just know it's very nice. Okay, so the MVP, I'm going to say Josh Jacobs, but oh, wait, that's right. He also has Kenyon Drake. So if Jacobs is out or if Drake is out, uh, Jacobs or maybe Drake could be the MVP of his team. Uh, Of course, what you don't want is them to split and kind of like a Niners situation where they each get 14 touches and you just don't know if he's going to be the break one off or, or be the red zone guy. Uh, Jacobs should be the red zone guy. Um, I think, uh, but what do I know? I think Jacobs is going to finish a top 10 back. Um, and if he goes out, then Drake should really clean up. So I'm going to say the MVP for, uh, Jason's 21 team is Josh Jacobs. The bust you, it's gotta be Deshaun Watson for, for all the obvious 22 reasons. Um, but also, don't forget, Jason has Watson and Big Ben, so apparently he has a type. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Uh, Washington, Watson definitely deserves the bust you, though, um, especially since Jason sent a first and a second to Robbie, which is BT's uh, team, uh, uh, for him. So, uh, look, I don't think Deshaun Watson's done. I think Jason has to hold, um, I, and I think he'll be... You know, Antonio Brown looked like he'd never play again, and he was back by week nine last year. So, um, I think, but that's still going to be the best use, Deshaun Watson. The sneaky start, okay, for for Jason, sneaky start. I'm predicting it's going to be Mike Williams. Uh, the, the 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 big thing is if he can stay healthy. Um, if he has he if he can stay healthy, he has the talent and a great situation where he should be able to put up some big numbers, including some big weeks with some big numbers. He's a big play dude. He goes up and gets it. The problem is he goes up and gets it, and then he comes down and has a broken collarbone. So hopefully Mike Williams stays healthy. Uh, uh, Jason got him in the Michael Thomas trade um, along as part of the package, other other players and picks as well. Um, for chances of winning this year, look, Jason finished second in 2019, but in 2020, he had a poor showing. Uh, he ended up becoming a seller as he dealt Michael Thomas at his peak though. So well done on that. Uh, in 2021, I liked the addition of Jacobs, uh, but I think with Watson out, and uh, Javon, uh, Melvin Gordon, I don't know what to do with Melvin Gordon, but Javante, um, the, the hype train is really strong. I actually think Melvin Gordon is going to have a great year because I think it's his contract year. Just run him into the ground. Really pick your times when you're going to have the rookie go in there and do his thing. And then if, if Melvin gets hurt, although Melvin never gets hurt, he's always there. Um, so I, I actually think Melvin Gordon's going to have a really good year. But... If, if Javante leapfrogs Melvin Gordon and he has a shitty year, uh, then that's really going to hurt Captain America here. And uh, that doesn't leave a lot of depth. So I'm going to give Jason a chance of winning. 
uh, this year at 3%. Um, but guess what? He has three first-round picks in 2022 and three first-round picks in 2023. So Captain America is going to be back real soon. I'm going to hopefully enjoy having one year where he's not beating me, but I feel like that's not going to – maybe two – um, but I have a feeling I'm going to be looking up uh, Captain America here pretty soon, a couple years. All right, uh, let's move on. So next is Team Danielson, finishing 10th last year. Uh, so he won the first round of the first tournament, but lost to the ninth place finisher. Uh, Danielson is managed by Austin. And let's see, what did he do? He traded his first for Zeke. So I said earlier, uh, Austin was a seller during the year. And then in the offseason, he became a buyer. And he traded his first for Zeke. And he traded Wyland's first for Zeke or his. I don't know. Uh, he, oh, no, no, he traded his. Wait, that. sorry about that. He traded Wyland's first for Zeke and his first for Mahomes. So he, but he still has the 105. And he takes uh, Etienne. So very nice. Wait, he's not done. He has another first-round pick, and he takes Michael Carter. Very nice double down at the running back position there, Austin. So the new-look Danielsons, right? You got Zeke, Mahomes, and you got um, Etienne and Carter coming in. He also took Mac Jones uh, and uh, Ramon Stevenson or whatever in the third. I think I, I see the autocorrect messed up what his actual name is. So like Ramon or something like that. Stevenson, I think. Whatever. Uh, looking ahead, though, the coverage are pretty bare. He only has two seconds and no firsts over the next three years. He has thirds, but, you know, you know how I feel about thirds. Uh, taking a look at his team, look, his MVP this year is most likely going to be Patrick Mahomes because I don't know if you're aware of this, but it's Patrick Mahomes and he's super good. But like I said, I'm not going to do um, uh, a quarterback MVP by themselves. So for a non-quarterback MVP, I'm going to go with Allen Robinson. Um, but don't, but only if he can get something from his quarterback. You know, look, we know what he can do with garbage time. Uh, so what about a less garbagery quarterback, right? So Andy Dalton's there right now. Andy Dalton's probably better than what Al Robinson has had, but Andy Dalton's, you know, Andy Dalton. Um, and then Justin Fields, a lot of people think he's going to be really, really good. I hope he is. I just drafted him in my startup. Um, but, you know, he's a rookie, and we haven't seen it yet. So uh, that being said, I do think that Allen Robinson is going to get good enough quarterback play, and I think he's going to have one hell of a year uh, for Austin here. Bust you is going to be Amari Cooper. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Now that I look a little bit closer, he's not the most injured player in Austin's lineup. Uh, look, I got burned by Cooper like five years ago, and I've just never forgiven him. But I'm sticking with it that he's the highest possible bust. Uh, but that's also because he cost Austin a first, two seconds, and rugs, who then got dealt today uh, by Wyland. So that's right. So Wyland was uh, – Austin got uh, Cooper from Wyland. I remember that now that, that Wyland was trying to get rid of Cooper basically from the moment he drafted him. Uh, and that cost a first, two seconds, and rug. So Mari Cooper might be your best you. Um, also, Dak looks like he's a little injured and not well, exactly 100%, which is not what you want from a guy coming back from a bad injury. The sneaky start, I'm going to say, is Michael Carter. I think he forces his way into Austin's lineup sooner than later. Uh, the only person in front of him is a guy named Tevin Coleman. And the new coaching staff just left Shanahan's run first offense. Um, and so I think Michael Carter is going to get in a lot of opportunities. I think he's really talented. 
and I think we will be seeing him carrying the rock a lot in New York. Awesome. Look, I have your chances of winning this year at 7%. Now, I, I had it high, I had it higher, um, but it's it's down. But that's more about how much I like other rosters. I'm not anti-Austin's roster. Um, obviously, Amari <laughs> Cooper doesn't do, do a lot for me. Um, but Zeke Mahomes, it's just kind of like the new uh, Pierce team, at least the new Pierce foundation. So we'll see if you can do a little bit more with that foundation. But I really do like your draft picks. Um, and, uh, yeah, I still – I. I still really like your team. I think you'll be able to beat me any given day. But uh, I think your chances of actually winning the whole thing this year are at 7%. All right. And remember, guys, all these numbers are low because they actually do add up to 100, and there's 12 of us. All right. Uh, The ninth-place finisher last year was a fuckery in motion managed by BT. He was ninth, which means that he won the first tournament last year. Well done, BT. Um, That's how we do in this league. You you earn draft picks, and so you earned the 101 by finishing ninth. Well done. He trades out of the 101 and ends up with the 107, where he takes uh, Javante Williams, or as it says here, having Williams, um, because again the autocorrect, and I didn't actually proofread it. Uh, the buzz out of camp has been very very hypey, so much hype. Uh, for Javante, everyone is just drooling over him. Uh, he was up again two picks later, uh, BT was, and he took Trey Sermon, uh, who we then flipped for a first and a second because Needham went and got his guy, but nicely done, BT. Uh, well done indeed. So uh, he wasn't done in the first, and he grabs Waddle at the 112. So there's three first-round picks right there. Um and then on to the second at the 207, he grabs uh, Kadarius Tony for New York Giants. And then he got Amari Rogers for Green Bay in the third. Very nice draft uh, for BT. Oh, I think I'm realizing now that I did not write down what BT's picks are going forward. Oh, should we go ahead and just actually look it up really quick? You know, I don't want to, I don't want to stall. I really don't. I, I rather not stall, but I am pulling it up. In this exact moment. All right. So, BT's picks next year. Come on, phone. Don't fail me now. Oh, my God. It's so funny. I've had like... Oh, there it is. Okay, cool. Uh, We have two firsts in 22. Two firsts in 23. Three seconds in 23 as well. Very nice. So, two firsts next year. And then 23, he's got two firsts and three seconds. So, BT still has plenty of draft capital to throw around. Uh, So, well done. Let's go ahead and take a look at his MVP. Well, it was going to be Cam Akers. Um, So, now I'll go with Dak. Uh, Dak was probably going to put up the most points for you. But, again, going for a non-quarterback MVP, I'm going to go with Javante Williams. I'm going to say – I know I just said that I think Melvin Gordon's going to do it, uh, but for your MVP, I'm going to say Javante Williams is going to do it. (laughs) I guess I have to. Okay, what do I think is actually going to happen? What I would do is I would run Melvin Gordon in the ground and I'd pick my spots with Javante. Um, That being said, that's probably what they'll do. 
in the first half, and then in the second half, they're probably just going to unleash Javante and let him take over. Um, so I'm, I'm going to say that's what I'm. That's why I'm, I, I have strong takes on both because I think what's actually going to happen is. Melvin Gordon's going to get the first half of the year, and Javante Williams is going to get the second half of the year. We've seen it so many times with talented rookies. It's, not that, it's very rare that they come in and just do so amazing right off the bat. Um, I know if running backs do best as rookies compared to other positions, uh, but still it's not uncommon for that second, second half to be their half. Okay, the bust you. So I'm going to guess that Corton Sutton gets screwed uh, by horrible quarterback play and just only puts up that inconsistent garbage time points. However, I think he is a great, uh, I think he has a great quarterback next year, probably Aaron Rodgers. Uh, and I, I love Corton Sutton for dynasty. I just think the 2021 Sutton might screw BT. So that's going to be my bust you. The sneaky start is I'm going to go with the bust. Gus Edwards, I think they're so run-centric, and they're just—they're not going to kill Dobbins. So I think Edwards is going to get some pretty decent volume, and I think there's going to be plenty of that volume in the red zone as well. So I think Gus Edwards is going to be my prediction for the sneaky start for BT. Look, chances of winning this year, this is not the year for BT. I'm going to put your chances, BT, at winning the entire thing at 2%. Um, that being said, I love what BT has been doing with this roster from the moment that he got it from Robbie. Uh, and I think similar to Jason, I am, I am going to enjoy BT not beating me this year, but I'm, I'm worried about him going forward in a year or two, especially that gets us to the eighth place finisher last year. The former champ team, the Pudge Heffelfingers. Wait, did I say BT's team name? Uh, yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, sorry, just making sure that got everyone's uh, team name thrown in there. Uh, managed by former champ Eric Wolfit. Uh, I don't actually get the Pudge Heffelfingers reference now that I'm actually looking at that. So, uh, Wolfit, uh, draft picks. He had the 108, and he got Devontae Smith. Uh, while I was looking him up, uh, you know, everyone knows about the, the Slim Reaper, Devontae Smith, as Heisman, his, his skill set. Uh, stands out for itself. Uh, quite an amazing player. He has a small frame. Everyone knows he is small, but guess what? He was small in college as well um, and won the Heisman. But not just like, had a good year. No, like he won the Heisman. So I'm going to go ahead and say that I really like that pick. But as I looked him up, this is what I was trying to get to. I saw that he has an MCL spring, but he should be fine right now. Uh, Wolfit then was up again in the third, and he took Micah Parsons. Uh, I did not know who Micah Parsons was, and then realized that it's because he's an IDP, so that makes sense. I think I even put that in the chat. Uh, so next year, draft-wise, Wolfit has all of his own pl uh, picks plus an extra second and a third. All right, taking a look at his team, um, if his MVP, I'm going to go with David Montgomery. David Montgomery, another guy I'm going to bring up today that I think gets no respect. He finishes the RB4 on the year last year. I know he got really hot at the end, and those numbers got inflated a little bit, where in terms of like, you know, there's plenty of weeks earlier in the season that he didn't, he wasn't amazing. But also, David Montgomery was injured in the offseason last year. I remember that's why I didn't draft him anywhere, and I totally regretted that. His his current ADP in redraft is in the back of the third. Dude, my mind is blown. I'm going to have shares of David Montgomery everywhere, although I didn't get him last night now that I think about it. Uh, so I think David Montgomery finishes a top 10, maybe even a top 5 running back again. I'm that high 
on Montgomery, especially uh, if he can stay healthy all year. There's always a couple guys that we think are going to be top five backs that uh, end up getting injured. So think CMC uh, last year, right? So And Saquon was the other guy I was thinking of in terms of a couple top five backs. So uh, I think David Montgomery is going to be the MVP of Wolfit's team this year. So my bust you pick for Wolfit is, is Judy. Um, he's my bus pick, and it's for the exact same reason as the court in Sutton, right? It's, I, I just said this, so, and it's, it's the same conclusion as well. I love Judy in Dynasty. Uh, I think he's going to have a great quarterback next year. I think he's really talented. I think he's a great player. I just won't be taking him any redrafts, redrafts this year. There's a 2021 uh, preview, so I don't like Judy in 2021. Uh, and I think he's going to be the best Jew on the former champs roster. The sneaky start for Wolfit is going to be when he accurately picks his quarterback. Uh, I think he'll week a, a win a week or two just by the difference between his starting quarterbacks, who I didn't write down, but I remember he has Russell Wilson and Lamar Jackson. And so 99% of leagues, you have one of those guys and you start them every week. Uh, Wolfit's going to actually get to stream those two um, He's going to be benching a quarterback every single week that started in every other league. It's an embarrassment of riches at the quarterback position for Wolfett, and the sneaky start is my prediction that he will um, really pick his spots well and, and um, more times than not play the, the, the correct quarterback. But it is going to be a little bit – honestly, it almost is like when you have – when I have the – like both of the running backs for the Niners and I have to like pick which one I think is going to have the better day if they're both – you know, healthy. Anyway, a little bit different, of course. Different teams, not the same backfield, etc. But you get my point. All right. Chances for Wolf. Look, he won the whole thing in 2019. And then he got bit by the injury bug last year. Um, he is looking to get back to the top. I really like his roster. I really, really like his roster. Um, even apparently a little bit more than Austin's. Who are, roster I also like very much. I'm going to give Wolf an 11% chance to win this whole thing. So, Wolfit, you have me concerned. If you get double-digit percent chance to win in this episode, then then you're looking really good. All right. Uh, the f- seventh-place finisher last year, team name is Rick Pierce right now, but I'm going to go ahead and give it Dr. Detroit because I'm pretty sure that's what he always names all of his teams. Uh, team Dr. Detroit, managed by Dr. Pierce. Did he tell you that he was a doctor? All right. Well, he became a seller, and he got himself some picks, including the 101, where he took Najee Harris. Great pick, obviously. You don't need me to break down why, why Najee is a great pick. Okay. But then he takes Trevor Lawrence with the 104, and I don't like it, but I did call it. I told Jason exactly what I thought was going to happen. I think... Uh, I think I may have even put it on the chat. I think I did. No, I did. I put it on the chat too. So I t- it's timestamped. I called it. He took Trevor Lawrence with the 104. I'm not anti-Lawrence. He could be amazing. I just don't like taking a quarterback at the 104. It is, this is really a draft position um, dislike of that pick. Um, but you guys already know my take on that. Let's move on. Uh, Rick's next pick is the 211, and he takes Eskridge. I was surprised when Seattle fired their run first OC because he didn't run enough and then drafted a wide receiver in the second round when they already have Lockett, who they just gave a bunch of money to, 
and Metcalf, who's on a rookie contract, but obviously is gonna is the real deal and is 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 is, is a stud. Um, but look, what do I know? Uh, going forward, Pierce has four first round picks and three thirds. No, that's meant to be three seconds next year, plus an extra first the year after. He has. Let's do that again. He has four first round picks and three second round picks next year. The 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 majority of the draft is just going to be Pierce. Um, let's go through his team. I think the MV, his, his MVP is going to be Najee. Uh, you know, you all know exactly as I do um, why he was the one one in this league uh, and and why on that roster especially. I think he's going to be the MVP. Busty, it looks so many to choose from on a rebuilding team. I'm going to go with Pittman, especially with the news on Wentz's injury being out one to three months. Um, you know, wouldn't be surprised too if Wentz comes back and isn't himself and is kind of garbagey. And, and so I'm going to say the highest likelihood of a bust on Pierce's roster is going to be Pittman. Sneaky start is Cole Beasley. Um, all DBs are going to be focusing all their attention on digs. And Beasley is just going to rock up receptions. It's going to be just like, ho-hum, there's just another, you know, eight-catch day for Beasley. Well, this is a PPR. So that's going to be the sneaky start. Um, uh, I'm, I'm going to probably try to grab some Beasley late in redrafts, um, get myself a little volume depth on the bench, especially in um, Super Bowl glory where we start three wide receivers and only two running backs. Anyway, hear that, guys? Get Beasley early, or I'm gonna take him. That's the thing. I'm not. Even, it's, it's Cole Beasley, so it's like I'm not worried about anyone sniping Cole Beasley. Anyway, chances of winning this year—that's one percent. But look, you're rebuilding, and again, Pierce has four firsts next year. All right, last year's sixth place finisher is Team Reckless Abandon. That is managed by Adam. Adam uh, traded his first round pick for Claypool. And I said Jordan Love, but then I realized it's actually Bryce Love. This is before his getting kicked out of the NFL, basically. Um, so we're going to say he took Claypool at the 106. Uh, that was where Adam was uh, positioned for this draft. He traded his second and a first and Juju for Philip Lindsay, Hines, and Jerry Judy, who we obviously then traded uh, uh, Jerry Judy as we were talking about him on a different roster a second ago. Um Tune in later. We're going to review old trades, and that one is not going to be the one we do today. Uh, we're going to do the original Joe Mixon trade of 2020. Uh, but that was uh, the trade that ended up with that second for this year. That was in that package. Um, so his first and his third pick his, oh no, his first pick is in the third, excuse me. And he takes Kyle Trask, who would have had a lot more hype if this quarterback class wasn't so deep and talented. Um, Looking forward, Adam, he only has three, uh, he only has thirds till 2024. So he's going to need to get creative if he wants to make roster changes. Um, I'm, 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 as you can tell by my tone, I'm, I'm not loving where Adam's at right now, but I don't know. I don't know. Let's, let, let, let's, I, I've faced up against Adam's team many times in the last two years and looked across in the matchup and was like, damn, I do not like my chances today. So let's look at his team a little bit closer. I think the MVP, okay, so here's MVP for, for Adam. I'm going to go with the resurgence year from George Kittle. Of course, I considered Aaron Rodgers, 
uh, excuse me, Aaron Jones, but I think because Aaron Rodgers is going to pass on every damn down, uh, Aaron Jones is is not going to have as great of a year relative to the position as George Kittle is going to be. So basically, I'm really high on George Kittle this year. Um, not that I'm necessarily drafting him, but uh, that's only because I got burned by George Kittle last year when I took him in the beginning at the 301. Um, and that's, you know, that's I'm in the 303 in that league, so I would have to take him there again, and I don't think I'm going to be doing it. Regardless, I think he's going to have a good year, and I think he's going to be Adam's MVP. The bust you is I'm going to go with Adam Thielen. Look, Adam Thielen's not getting any younger, and I saw a stat, and I can't remember, but it was like he was targeted 13 times in the red zone, or in, maybe it was in the end zone, uh, and or no, he has, he has like 13 red zone targets, and he converted that into 10 touchdowns. So that's just that was going to be some regression there. Uh, he's getting older. Justin Jefferson obviously is is going to be. Um, I I think it's obvious that it's going to be he's going to be Kirk Cousins' first read this year. Uh, but we'll find out. We'll find out. I think Cousins is a pretty decent quarterback. Uh, and I think he's going to get that ball to Jefferson. Thielen is good, but I think he might be Adam's likeliest bust you candidate. The sneaky start, I'm going to say Curtis Samuel. Look, he's back with Rivera. He's got Fitzpatrick throwing it all over the yard. He's in a weak conference, and I just I like his chances of having a really solid year. So that's going to be the sneaky start for Adam. Uh, chances of winning the whole thing in 2021. I like the roster, but I don't. I don't love it, and I think it lacks the firepower. Uh, I'm going to predict a disappointing year for Adam, and I'm going to give him a chance of winning the whole thing at four percent. I will not be shocked if I'm just dead wrong on that. But just looking at all the rosters, I just comparing them. I think Adam might have a down year um, and have to get a little creative. I think he might end up being a seller and rebuilding. Um, Maybe I'll buy Kittle at that point, actually, now that I think about it. Anyway, let's move on. We're going to be in the top five now. Um, but first, a word from our sponsor. Oh, wait. We don't actually have a, another sponsor. That was oh, that was the only bit was the two-wheel drive. What? Oh, okay. Well, how about I just need to take a break then? All right. We're going to be right back with the top five finishers of last year's roster. And welcome back. Look, I, I told you earlier this was going to be a longer episode, and I was not lying. You know, I, I could have just put it up into two separate episodes, but actually, I'm just going to do it all in one. If you want to pause halfway through and listen to the second half later, that's totally up to you. Um, you do you. All right, so fifth place is Team More and More Than Yours, managed by Needham. If you got fifth place in this league, that means that you won the fifth tournament. So, Good job, Needham. After losing in the first round of the playoffs, uh, you end up winning the next two to get the fifth overall pick. Uh, and, and we've discussed these picks on prior episodes, so I'm going to keep it really brief. Um, you Please go back and listen to prior fireside chats where the um, the cat box was, uh, Needham was co-hosting from the cat box, and we were able to go through all of the, um, the entire draft. So let's see who he had. Um, Rashad Bateman at the 106, Terrace Marshall at the 110. This is the part where I realized that his name is Terrace, as in the place you stand on, uh, and, and not Terrence, as in like, you know, a name. Uh, at the 110 was Marshall. 
Rondell Moore at the 201, Elijah Moore at the 202, and Justin Fields at the 203. I got Elijah Moore and Justin Fields in my startup dynasty draft last night as well. Uh, Kenneth Gainwell at the 205. God, that's a lot of guys. Bateman, Marshall, Moore, Moore, Fields, Gainwell. Like you said, more and more than yours. Um, so then he finally let the other people play, and his next pick isn't until the 305. At that spot, he takes Davis Mills. Or David Mills, whatever the hell his name is. Again, with the autocorrect on these on these names, I apologize if I'm just like like <laughs> anchorman and just like reading guys' names just totally wrong. But whatever, you guys don't care, you'll get it. Uh, the quarterback for Houston, looking forward. Needham has three seconds next year, and don't look now, but he is stockpiling 2024 first. He's already up to three. So I'm a little concerned about Needham in the future. Not the first time I've said that this episode. His MVP, my prediction, is going to be Terry McLaurin. I think he's going to eat this year. I think his ceiling is way up there. I think he's going to have a real nice year for you, Needham. The bust you is going to be Cooks. I think he's going to be screwed by a horrible quarterback play in Houston. Um, Needham traded one of the guys he inherited uh, today, and uh, I, I, um, Will Fuller, uh, for Ruggs. And I think he said, yep, he did, that uh, Brandon Cooks is one of the other guys that he inherited that he just can't wait to get rid of, along with Landry and, of course, Landry, right? And I can't think of the other one. But anyway, uh, so I think Cooks might be a bust you for this year. I don't think he's done. I think he has some dynasty value for sure. Um, but I think this year he's just going to be screwed by Deshaun Watson having 22 allegations and just, you know, not now there's no quarterback in Houston. Um, granted, he wanted he said he wasn't going to play in Houston anyway, but at least if they could have, like, traded him, they could have, like, traded him and gotten, like, a quarterback also. So... The sneaky start for Needham is going to be Trey Sermon. Look, I'll enjoy my few weeks of being able to start Mostert, but Sermon is going to take over that role, and it won't take more than a month or two. So, you know, I talked about Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon in the second half of the year. I definitely think the second half is Trey Sermon's year. I wouldn't be surprised if part of that first half as well. Um, But... Also, I have a lot of faith in Mostert. Mostert's really good, and he's got a chip on his shoulder to come back, and he's getting, he's such an afterthought right now. Um, and so I do think Mostert's going to give me a few really good weeks of solid production, um, but I don't – I see myself starting Mostert in the beginning of the year, but not in the playoffs. Let's put it that way. So Trey Sermon is going to be the sneaky start. Um Chances to win the whole thing. Needham is only going to come in at 2%. This roster is still developing. Uh, I really like the direction it's going. It's just not happening this year. That seems pretty disrespectful considering he finished fifth last season. Um, but especially as we get into these next four rosters, I just I think you'd have to... I do think you have to simulate you know, like 50 times before Needham wins this year. Again, I'm worried about Needham in the future, though. So... Um, yeah, my 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 on all these, it's these next four rosters. Whether it's Needham or Wolfit or um, Austin, who I'm coming in a little bit lower on than some might expect. It's a lot of it is because of these next four rosters. The fourth place last year is Team Stanley. Stanley two times uh, managed by well, you know Stanley. He finished fourth. He made it to the semis, but then he lost to Rick, and then he lost to me. 
He traded his first in a package for Joe Mixon, and that is actually the trade that we will be uh, breaking down later on in this episode. Uh, he takes uh, so so basically Joe Mixon was his first um, uh, well package, but you get my you get my point. Uh, he takes Pat Fairmuth at the two hundred nine, and here's another guy that he would have gotten a lot more press if he didn't share a draft with Kyle Pitts. Um, Pitts is taking up everyone's attention. They can't talk about him enough, but that also means that you're not talking about guys like Fairmuth. So he takes Kylan Hill in the third. I'm not going to pretend I know anything about Kylan Hill. Um, so I'm just going to go ahead and move on. His MVP is Dalvin Cook. I mean, it's got to be. Dalvin Cook, assuming he can stay healthy and he has enough recently that you can't really say he's injury prone anymore. Um, MVP's got to be Dalvin Cook. The the bust you for Stanley, my prediction is Odell Beckham Jr. Um, I did not like his side when he traded, uh, when he made that trade. That was one where I was afraid he was making the trade because I was like, dude, you got to respond to trades. I was like, we well, don't have to respond. Yes, you just got to <laughs> respond. Um, but I, even if Beckham sucks for him and is a bust, I it's really not that big of a deal because he can just start Lockett instead. So Stanley's roster is really, really, really solid. Um, sneak, so it's so solid that there's sneaky start. There's there's nobody sneaky. It's a lineup full of pro bowlers. Um, so Stanley, there's a reason why he's won more regular season games than anyone else in this league. Um, and yeah, I mean, while I you know I didn't love that Beckham trade, the fact is. Uh, I'm envious of his roster. His roster is awesome, full of pro bowlers, and I give Stanley as good as a chance as anyone to win this whole thing. And I'm going to put him at 17%. Um, yeah, I mean, you could, the rest of the, I think the previous, I think there's only been one other one that was double figures, uh, and so now Stanley comes in at 17%. Okay, uh, so yeah, you could tell I'm, I'm concerned about Stanley's team. Third place last year was me. Hey, the Coastal Gator, Georgia. No, the Col- <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I got everyone else's name right, but not mine. The Coastal Georgia Gators, managed by <laughs> yours truly. Draft picks, none. <laughs> I had no draft picks. I used my first in a, a package for CMC, uh, and my second was in a package for Michael Thomas, which I then turned into Diggs. Um, Going forward, I have one first and three seconds, and that's it. And that first is until 2024. So you are looking at my three-year plan. I remember saying then that when I added CMC and then Michael Thomas, who turned into Diggs, but um, I said, all right, like I'm, I'm willing to pay 100 bucks a year for three years to watch this roster because I knew there wasn't a ton I can do. So uh, CMC is obviously going to be my MVP. If <laughs> I hope. If not, I'm in trouble. That being said, CMC was out last year and I got third. So um, I do like my roster. Obviously, there's Duke barking at. I'd say barking at a shadow, but we are out here. It's, there's probably something out there that he's he's picking up on. Uh, the MVP is CMC. The bust you. I'm going to go with Raheem Mostert once he gets injured and or just replaced by Sermon. I had already referenced that previously. No need for further explanation. The sneaky start, kind of like uh, Wolfit with his quarterbacks. My sneaky start is going to be either Higby or Logan Thomas. I haven't decided yet. I think it's going to be Higby. Um, but I, I actually think Logan Thomas is going to regress. Um, but I do like Higby's chances, 
even though there's a lot of mouths to feed in LA, but I think Stafford's going to come out and I think he's going to do well, especially since I think Los Angeles is going to throw more with Cam Akers out, especially once Daryl Henderson gets hurt. I give my chances to win the whole thing 18%. So just a tick above Stanley. And let's move on to last year's runner-up. That is Team Ryan Reynolds, fan club managed by Rick Weiland. He finished second, uh, yet somehow also maneuvered himself into the 102 and the 103, where he took Jamar Chase and Kyle Pitts. I just, I tip my cap. I want to be like Weiland when I grow up. Um, seriously, watching Weiland put together this awesome roster and then wheeling and dealing and having draft picks while I just like basically paid for my roster, but now I have like no capital, that, that made me... And I already said this on the chat that on this next dynasty league that I'm in, I'm not, I say it and I probably will see, but I'm not going to just spend all my, my draft capital on win now guys. Um, because I want to be able to maneuver like I just watched uh, Wyland do all off season. So thank you for all that off season maneuvering Wyland. If you didn't get a, um, episode MVP in there, then we'll go back and retroactively give you one where I forgot to mention an MVP. All right, so let's see. What do we want to do next is look at his... Oh, he had another player in the uh, third round at the 304, and he had Diami Brown. Uh, Needham highlighted him in one of the fireside chats. You can go back and take a listen. Uh, Going forward, Wyland has no first. And what else? No first and... Sorry, my screen went on me for a second. Uh, he has absolutely no first, he says, is trying to find a spot again. Okay, he has no first and only a third for next year. Ooh, got it. Okay, so no second until 2023. MVP is going to be DeAndre Hopkins. Dude, he's just so good, and Kyler is only going to be getting better. Uh, Kyler, I had a Kyler-DeAndre Hopkins stack last year. That's what won me in the Insane Asylum League. I do not make the finals or win the finals without that stack. And that actually was a big motivation for me getting digs to go with Allen. Cause now that I've won with the stack, I I've seen it happen and, and, and I'm willing to do it for top three guys at both positions. Anyway, um, point being though, Deandre Hopkins is ridiculously good. I've always been such a huge fan and I think he's just going to do it again. I think he's going to have another, you know, Top five year, just three, second, maybe first. Top five, though, just simple. Just see rolls out of bed and puts out another top five year. Um, that's going to be your MVP. The bust you is going to be Tua. Tua Tagle. Oh, man, from tank for Tua to – I just – look, maybe he will be good. Um, he definitely needed to improve a lot in that offseason as he – people were just in Miami were not impressed by what they were seeing. Um, but even if Tua, you know, similar to – to Stanley, if, if Beckham's the bus, he just can put Lockett in. Wyland is not hurting because he has hurts. He has hurts and he has Tannehill. Um, so he can just stream those guys and he will be fine. Sneaky start. I'm going to go Jamar Chase, um, especially in the second half. Say, as I was saying earlier, these rookies really like to put up numbers in that second half when they feel a little bit more comfortable. feel like an NFL player. Their playbook starting to open up a little bit more. So, Wylan is a force to be reckoned with, and I'm concerned about his team this year. Uh, I'm going to put him at the same as Stanley, and right there with me, I'm going to put him at 17%. Remember, I was 18%. Stanley was 17 I'm going to put uh, Rick at 17 as well, which gets us to 
That's right. The champion of last year, Team Rick Father, Rick's father, managed by none other than Rob O, a.k.a. Booby. Congratulations again, champ. All right. What does the champ do? Draft picks. His first was sent in a package for Miles Sanders. Oh, man, did I just... Man, have I been reading about how Miles Sanders is going to be a bust this year. We'll see if that's what happens with that. Uh, he took Des Fitzpatrick at the 212 for his taxi, and then he traded the last two picks of the draft, which we already discussed in a prior episode. You can go back and listen if you'd like. Uh, the MVP is going to be Kyler. He's going to have a pretty impressive year. I had just described Hopkins as the MVP for Wylan. Um, so they're going to go up against each other, but, but they are going to be uh, – having their MVPs against each other because I want a non-quarterback MVP as well. I'm going to go with Derrick Henry. I think he has one more year left before his his body starts to break down. I think he can put one more year. The bust you is, I got a couple for you, Hunter Henry and Michael Thomas. Hmm, Why do these guys sound so familiar? Oh, yeah, they were sent to the champ in that Diggs trade. Henry has a Cam Newton and Jonu Smith problem. Uh, Maybe Mac Jones takes over and he loves Henry, but he's – Far from a guaranteed producer. He was far from a guaranteed producer when I had him when he was in San Diego. Uh, Michael Thomas is on the pup, and I'm reading that he's likely going to start the regular season on the pup, which would leave him out for the first six weeks. Um, the other problem is that he has a Taysom Hill or Jameis Winston problem. Um, and, you know, he, he, he has, and the, the Hill or Winston problem also can be that he has Hill or Winston throwing to him or to the other team in Winston's case. Um, and while, yeah, then they could be back, they'd be down and throwing some more, the fact is when you throw the ball to the other team, then your player has to come off the floor. Or off the floor, like it's the NBA, off the field. Sneaky start for the champ. I'm going to go with Robbie Anderson. He seems to be, he's another guy that I think people are sleeping on, and he seems to be an afterthought, but I think uh, I'll have a lot of him in redrafts this year. I expect a really nice season from Robbie Anderson. So for his chances for winning the whole thing, look, Booby's the champ. His roster didn't get worse. But I do think he takes a step back. So I'm going to put him a tick below Stanley and Wyland and me. And I'm going to put Booby in 14%. Which then leaves the final predictions for 2021 as. I think last place this year is going to be Pierce. I think 11th place is going to be BT. I think 10th is going to be Needham. I think 9th place is going to be Jason Kelly. I think eighth place is going to be Adam. I think seventh place is going to be Ben Rose. I think sixth place is going to be Austin. I think fifth place is going to be Wolfit. I think fourth place is going to be Booby. I think third place is going to be Stanley. And I think I'm going to beat Wyland in the finals, and Wyland's going to end it second again, but I'm going to win the whole thing. So. That was the meat and bolts, the nuts and potatoes, if I got it right. I never remember if I actually got it right or not. Um, And you know what? Let's go on to reviewing an old trade. All right. For today's reviewing of an old trade, we are going to go with the trade that kicked off the arms race in 2020. Ten months ago, Stanley traded for Joe Mixon. He sent Needham, Goddard, C.D. Lamb, and the 105. Needham traded the 105 to Austin with the 111 for the 106 and 110. I totally forgot about that, but then Needham reminded me that I was the only one that liked it at the time. 
he made that trade so he can get Bateman and Marshall as he was lower on ETN, apparently, as ETN went to uh, Austin at the 105. Goddard finished last year as the tight end 20, uh, but that was only in 11 games. This was uh, this was supposed to be the year that he fully takes over for the role, but Ertz seems to still be there. Overall, I'm still pretty high on Goddard as I think Ertz is done, um, and Hertz should be looking to the safety blanket that is a tight end since he's a young quarterback. So I do still like uh, Goddard going forward. CeeDee Lamb had a great rookie year, finishing as the wide receiver 22. Remember, too, this is without Dak. The sky is the limit. Uh, but Cooper and Gallup will eat up targets. Regardless, look for Lamb to have a nice year and to continue to rise over the years. Uh, so Needham got a nice return for Mixon, but let's look at the, the best player in this trade, which is Joe Mixon. He had a disappointing season, finishing as the RB49 due to only playing six games. One of the reasons why Stanley finished fourth. Um, but look, dude, he's a freaking stud. He's going to get 300 touches this year. And he will finish the season as an RB1 if he can remain healthy. And his career suggests that this shouldn't be a problem. Uh, So Stanley got pretty unlucky uh, with Mixon last year, but I'm very concerned about Stanley's roster um, with Mixon on it for this next year at least. Um, I don't know how many more years Mixon has elite production, um, but I am expecting one more from him for this year. So that was the old... Uh, trade that we review. I'm going to try to do one every episode. Every episode I write, I should be able to pull that off. That only takes a couple minutes. And so let's go ahead and get to our random stat for the episode. So I went on the chat and I asked for some help um, for the random stat. I will say one that I threw up on the chat, which I heard this on a podcast and it just, just blows my mind. And I think I, I was kind of going off of memory, but I think I got it right. I think it was since 1957, regardless of the year, it was about 50-something. I think it was 57, maybe 54, whatever. Um, every single head coach of the Lions has failed to be a head coach again in the NFL after leaving Detroit. I mean, that's just hard to do. So that's a pretty random stat. Um, the stat of zero. <laughs> zero future NFL coaching jobs. Um, but I did put it out on the chat, so I want to get a couple other ones in there. Uh, that were that were texted to me from Austin. The random stat, he said, well, what percentage of the league has moved since the beginning of LOC? I said, well, good question, because I have, Wolf it has, and Rick now has. Um, but interesting that this came from Austin, because Austin might be the next one that moves. So I think three, but I might, I don't know, maybe someone else moved and I wasn't paying attention or I forgot. Wait, wait did BT move during this process as well? I don't know, maybe. I feel like now I'm thinking like someone else did move. Last year that, you know, it's not about me, so I wasn't focusing on it. Um, But good question. I don't actually know the answer, so that's a random stat. And that's so random. I don't know. It's not that random. I just don't know. Uh, From Jason, uh, he said, you know, this is not a stat, but it's a random NFL info uh, since I'm down in Georgia. So I appreciate the the shout out, I guess, uh, for Jason or the reasoning of sending it over. So Jason says that the University of Georgia liked the Green Bay Packers helmet logo so much that Coach Vince Dooley borrowed the look for the Bulldogs helmets. And now that I think about it, that is exactly the G that I see everywhere around here. It's the exact same as the Packers, only it's red and black with some silver. So... Thank you very much for listening. You are awesome for listening. We are awesome. We have such an amazing league. And uh, I was, uh, I hope, thanks for listening to this whole episode. 
I know it's probably lengthy. I don't even know what the length is, um, but I hope that it was as dense um, as I was hoping it would be when I was writing it, which I, I, I you know, obviously keep saying that I wrote it. So uh, <laughs> uh, hopefully it was decent. And thank you so much for listening. We're awesome. You're awesome. And until next time, cue music. We're out of here.